And welcome to Rush the Field College Football Show on Thursday night. I'm Jay Binkley. We'll do this each and every Thursday night, 8 o'clock. Julio Sanchez producing the operation. Love this time of year. It's college football. We'll hear from Gary Pinkle. Later on the show, Gary Pinkle is going to join me each and every week from the University of Missouri. We'll probably sprinkle in some Brandon Kylie and Carrington Harrison uh, throughout the year, but looking forward to that. Josh Klingler, we'll hear from him. He's my uh, KU football insider. He does sidelines for the University of Kansas football team. And John Kurtz, who's got a great podcast about Kansas State True Colors on our 435 podcast networks, works at K-Man in Manhattan, Kansas, all over the Kansas State Wildcats. We're here from him first around 8.15 as we go through thoroughly Kansas State, Missouri, and, of course, Kansas as college football in the area gets going this weekend. It's here. College football has actually already started. College football has already started as we got games last weekend. Interesting game, Florida State versus Miami. Very sloppy football game. Completely sloppy football game. Florida, the only redeeming factor in that game. They're ranked eighth in the country. Ten sacks in that game. Four turnovers, but do hold on to beat um, Miami. Hawaii beats Arizona 45-38. to Kevin Sumlin's team. But I'll say this. It's early season preseason football. It's not even preseason football. It's real games for college football. But don't forget, these guys don't have a preseason. As we're sitting here watching the Chiefs losing to the Green Bay Packers 13-3 in the NFL, which, by the way, We'll have the Arrowhead Pride postgame show immediately following the game. Myself and Pete Sweeney for that. We have college football all over the place. But again, your first game, you don't have preseason. You got to get ready to go. That's why I don't mind when teams play cupcakes early on in the season. Like basically two of the local schools are doing. Missouri's playing Wyoming at Wyoming. A little tougher game there. But Indiana State, the Sycamores playing Kansas. Don't forget they lost to Nichols last year. A 1AA team, FCS is the preferred name for it, FCS team. In overtime, Nichols plays Kansas State. By the way, they did go to the uh, they did go to the second round of the playoffs last year in FCS. Indiana State will play Kansas. But there's games going on right now. We have UCF, number 17 in the country against Florida A&M. UCF up 34 to nothing. Clemson, number one team in the land. Yeah, they look good so far. In this game, 21 to nothing over Georgia Tech. Again, that's a quality game. First game of the year. Tre- or, uh, Trevor Lawrence, a Heisman Trophy candidate, 8 for 21 for 51 yards in this one. Travis ATN, the running back, 7 carries, 128 yards, 2 touchdowns. This guy, I'm telling you, Trevor Lawrence, I do think will be the Heisman front runner this year, the sophomore quarterback at Clemson. ATN is a great running back. Not only that, He's going to get some run, but Clemson votes will be split this year. So, will Travis take some uh, votes away from Trevor Lawrence at the end of the year? I don't know, but an explosive running back, Travis ATN of Clemson, off to 128 yards now in the first half in that game. Texas A&M, ranked 12th in the country, up 7-0 first quarter against Texas State. So, we've got a bevy of college football games. Those are just the top 25 games going on right now. Cincinnati, a 10-7 lead over UCLA. UConn, 10-7 over Wagner. Bowling Green, 30-3 over Morgan State. or uh, Buffalo, 31-10 over Robert Morris. 
So we do have a slew of games that are in Division One, just not ranked opponents. But I digress. There's football everywhere. This is my favorite time of year. You have college football on Thursday. You've got the NFL Thursday night game. We're talking the real stuff when we get into real Thursday night football. There's always a real game of college football on Thursday night. But it's interesting. Kansas State this season returned seven offensive starters, eight defensive starters, five and seven last year, three and six in the Big 12. They'll start off this weekend playing Nichols. Used to be Nichols State. Call them whatever you want. It's still Nichols State University, although they're the athletics, the Nichols, the Colonels. Last year, first in the Southland, beats Kansas last year, 26-23 in overtime. Lost in the second round of the playoffs to Eastern Washington. They play at K-State, 6 o'clock Saturday. It's on Big 12 now, ESPN+. Plus. ESPN+, Plus might be a thing you might be considering getting on these early season games for some of these teams. We'll have it on 98.1 FM+. Plus. Kansas State was picked ninth this year in the Big 12 media poll. Las Vegas has them five and a half uh, over under on wins. I will take the over on Kansas State in the wins last year, but they were picked ninth out of tenth. Again, they're slided. So Kleiman's got to rally him around like Bill Snyder did. He's never really picked highly. He's got to get him going. Missouri, seven offensive starters back, six defensive. Eight and five last year, four and four in the SEC. They lose the AutoZone Liberty Bowl to Oklahoma State. They're at Wyoming. Wyoming was a team that was six and six last year. Coached by Craig Bowl, used to be at North Dakota State. That game, 6.30 on CBS Sports Network, 98.1 FM for that game. Kansas State, well, by the way, will be 9.80 a.m. because normally they'll be on 6.10 Sports Radio. You can also listen on the app for all Kansas State football games. Mizzou picked third in the SEC preseason poll in the East. Vegas has Mizzou at eight wins over under. I'll take Missouri right out of eight wins. Pushing that line. As far as the Kansas Jayhawks, they returned five on offense, five on defense, three and nine last year, one and eight in the Big 12. How many wins will they have? We'll talk to Josh Klingler later. How many wins he thinks less miles in the Kansas Jayhawks will get. They'll face Indiana State, another FCS team, 5-3 and three last season in the Missouri Valley. They'll play Saturday at 11 a.m. on Fox Sports Network. Predicted 10th in the Big 12. Media has Kansas at the over-under at 3. I'm taking the over because they won 3 last year. Less miles at least has to get one more win than David Beatty does. I'm assuming that's what he needs to do, so we'll see what's going on there. Good slate of games this weekend. I prefer, you know, the college football on Saturday, like one spotlight game on Thursday. But tomorrow night, as far as the top 25 is concerned, Tulsa at Michigan State. Michigan State, number 18th in the country at 6. Wisconsin, number 19 team in the country at South Florida. By the way, Graham Mertz, Blue Valley North quarterback, was in the mix for the starting quarterback at Wisconsin. He's not. He's the backup this year. But a true freshman from right here in Kansas City, backup quarterback at Wisconsin. Saturday, Northern Iowa at Iowa State, 11 a.m. South Alabama at Nebraska. Nebraska is ranked number 24th in the country. Nebraska now was picked first in the Big Ten media poll uh, in the East and to lose the championship to Michigan. Adrian Martinez, don't forget, is the quarterback. Set to be a Heisman contender in my mind. I think that Adrian Martinez had a fantastic freshman year, and he will get some run depending on how Nebraska does this year. But Nebraska was was picked to finish first 
in the West, and they were picked to play uh, Michigan in the uh, in the title game. But Adrian Martinez last year, 2,600 yards passing, 17 touchdowns, eight picks, but 629 yards rushing and eight touchdowns. That's for concern. Now, as far as some of the spotlight games, my favorite game of the weekend, probably on Saturday, Oregon, number 11 in the country, versus Auburn, number 16, 630 AT&T Stadium on ABC. That's one of my favorite spotlight games uh, for the weekend. And we have games on Sunday as well. Houston at Oklahoma, because remember, no NFL. So Houston at number four, Oklahoma. And that game will be on Sunday. Julio, I've already put together my uh, way-too-early Heisman field. As you know, one thing I like doing is looking at the Heisman. And really, I've done this for the last couple of years, and I'll never forget having Johnny Manziel on here, an unknown from Texas A&M that made my list even before he goes and beats Alabama and Tuscaloosa. And once he did that, he climbed the charts. I liked Johnny Manziel early last year. So, without further ado... My Heisman Trophy list. Number one, Trevor Lawrence, sophomore quarterback at Clemson. People are waiting for this guy to get to the pros. He's got the size. Last year, 3,200 yards, 30 touchdowns, four picks. National champion. Kelly Bryant, who's the quarterback at Missouri, started the first couple games. He put up those sick numbers, not even being the starter of the first couple games. Second, Tua Tongavale-Viola, quarterback at Alabama. 39-66 passing, 43 touchdowns, six picks. Played the national title game and lost. You might remember his freshman year. He comes in at halftime. Bold move by Nick Saban. I haven't seen this type of move to replace your quarterback in Jalen Hurts that only had two losses, and you replace him at halftime. Probably the biggest bold coaching move I've seen a quarterback in the longest time, just because how good Jalen Hurts was. Jalen Hurts, by the way, the starting quarterback, at the University of Oklahoma. He transferred. Got a lot of transfers. We got a ton of transfers going on in college football. Number three, Justin Herbert, quarterback at Oregon, 3,100 yards passing last year, 15 touchdowns. This is a guy that would have been in line to be the first quarterback taken in the draft this year. He's also a very scholarly guy, like Pete Manning. He went back to school. John Elway was all over this guy, going out to Oregon to watch Justin Herbert play. Number four is Jonathan Taylor, and he might be my favorite guy in this list. 1,900 yards rushing his first year at Wisconsin, true freshman. Not talked about at all. He had almost 2,200 yards rushing last year, 2,194, 16 touchdowns as a sophomore. Get to know the name Jonathan Taylor. Jake Fromm, number five, the quarterback at Georgia, 2,700 yards, 24 touchdowns at Georgia. Sam Ellinger, the quarterback at Texas. Because don't forget, remember Shane Bouchelle and Sam Ellinger fighting it back and forth. Shane Bouchelle, now the starting quarterback at SMU. Sam Ellinger will stay at Texas. And a lot of people are giving him high run. Travis Etienne, the uh, running back at Clemson, that's already got 128 yards in the first half. Rounds out my top six. He was tied for Sam Ellinger in six. This year, my, my playoff teams, Clemson, Alabama, of course they're going to be in the title game. That's one thing about college football. You break it down with all these teams, there's only a few that can win it. Clemson, Alabama, OU. That's right, I'm believing in OU and Jalen Hurts. Even they go, though they got a true freshman that gave Jalen Hurts a little bit of a run in training camp. And then I have Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields. He was the quarterback at Georgia. The transfer didn't have to sit out a year. Straight to Ohio State, gets to play 
And then Notre Dame quarterback Ian Book, I really like what he can do. Because I think Notre Dame is kind of my my dark horse for the playoffs. As they have, I have them fifth. I have them just coming in on the outside. But that's who I have. I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to talking local college football. A lot of storylines. Local kids, Skyler Thompson, Simone Trophy winner, is the best high school football player in the area. Starting quarterback for Kansas State. No more of this quarterback here. By committee, you're pulled, you start. No, Skylar Thompson is a captain, will be the man. Simone Trophy winner, and the reason I bring that up, look at some of the other names that have won that. Josh Freeman, Darren Sproles. How about Drew Locke from the University of Missouri, Simone Trophy winner. And, of course, uh, Skylar Thompson, a former winner of that as well. Missouri will be interesting. I think they're going to be a real player this year. We're talking about offense. It was third in the SEC last year. I think that offense even gets better. They have a transfer wide receiver believe it or not, from Georgia or from Arkansas that actually led Arkansas in receptions his first year. Last year, he played in four games, and he transferred. New rule in college football. You play in four less games, you can transfer. Larry Roundtree, over 1,000 yards for Missouri last year. The great tight end, Albert O, looking forward to him. And I'm looking forward to see what Les Miles does. Again, I think Les Miles, a lot of flash. He's got to prove it at Kansas. You show off that ring at LSU a lot, prove it. Because right now I'm really high on Chris Kleiman. Four national titles as a head coach, won three others as a defensive assistant and a defensive coordinator at North Dakota State. They knew how to win, but not only that, they knew how to recruit in the Kansas City area. That is going to be extremely important for these teams. We'll check in with all three local teams. Coming up next, we'll talk to John Kurtz. We'll talk about the Kansas State Wildcats. What can we expect Big Big 12 media had him pick ninth. Is that fair? We ask John Kurtz next. Welcome back to Rush to Field. Jay Binkley, your host, Julio Sanchez, producing the operation. Talking Kansas State right now, and we're going to talk Missouri with Gary Pinkle in just a little bit and finish out with Josh Klingler. Talking about the University of Kansas. And then, of course, we'll have Chiefs postgame tonight. Arrowhead Pride postgame, myself, Pete Sweeney. We'll talk about the Kansas City Chiefs, who are down 13-10 in Green Bay right now. But again, as I said, all sorts of college football going on right now. It makes this a fun night. Thursday nights might be my favorite night of the week with all the good stuff that we have. Let's go to Manhattan and talk to John Kurtz from K-Man, who, by the way, has an extremely popular podcast, Kansas State fans. Pay attention. It's called True Colors. On the 435 Podcast Network, it is uh, extremely well done, and there's a lot of uh, good insight about K-State football from the one, the only, John Kurtz. John, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing great, Think, How are you? Hey, we're doing good. I'm ready for some football. I'm ready for some Kansas State football as well. I'll be heading down there to a, uh, for some games, especially when Big 12 starts. But John Kurtz is sports director at K-Man in Manhattan, hosted the game on K-Man 4 to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday. All right, let's talk. Kansas State once again gets no respect at all by the Big 12 media. They're not buying it. Kansas, of course, finishes 10th. Very surprisingly, Kansas State at 9th. Is that fair or not? I honestly think it is somewhat fair. It's just really hard to differentiate the teams at the bottom of the Big 12 that all have new head coaches. Maybe outside of Kansas, you leave them aside. But the other three, West Virginia and Neil Brown, everything that they have to replace, losing Will Greer and the firepower on that offense, Texas Tech, 
going a totally different direction with Matt Wells. And to be honest, I, I like a lot of what Chris Kleiman has done. I, I think he was a very good hire and a very good fit, but he still has to go prove it. And if you're taking the roster, the roster was uh, a Bill Snyder roster that was, to be honest, devoid of really quality depth at the Big 12 level. So you take an unknown head coach and the fact that he inherited a roster that at one point did not have a scholarship running back when he took it over. There have been a lot of holes that have needed to be filled, and it's, it's been painfully obvious if you watched the team last year that they were just running low on depth and quality Big 12 players. So I actually don't have too much of a problem with it. I mean, the team has definitely taken the attitude you'd expect of, of using that as motivation. But because of all the unknowns, uh, I'm almost with the media. I might put K-State 8, bump them above West Virginia, but it's about as far as I would go right now. Got to win the first game. Got to get out of it. I mean, you look at some of these teams playing good teams. I never really like when – well, I'm actually like watching them, but if I'm coaching a team, you know, these preseason games we have down in AT&T Park, a field down in, there in the, in the Chick-fil-A preseason game in Atlanta, we got all these good games. Just like we had last weekend, Miami and Florida, they're two much better teams than we saw on display. There's no preseason. So you got to work those uh, bugs out, you know, during a regular season game. Kansas State versus Nichols. Nichols, a team that went to the uh, third round of the FCS playoffs last year before they lose to, uh, excuse me, second round when they lost to uh, Eastern Washington last year. But a team that did beat Kansas 26-23 to in overtime. And, you know, Kansas State didn't exactly look great in game number one last year. What are they expecting this year? Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's a, it's a dangerous game uh, against Nichols to start out the year now. I think if there's ever been a coaching staff in Power 5 football that was not overlooking FCS opponent, it would be this one with Chris Kleiman, who you can tell still has a chip on his shoulder out to prove that he's not just an FCS coach and he's certainly worthy of the job that he got here at K-State. But Nichols, as you mentioned, they beat Kansas last year. The year before that, they were in a one-touchdown game, a seven-point game with Texas A&M until the 18-second mark when A&M finally kicked the field goal to go up by 10. So they had the Aggies on the ropes in College Station. And then the year before that, in Chase Forcade's first start, who's their four-year starter at quarterback, they played a 28-26 game at Georgia. So the last three games that they have played against Power 5 competition, they have more than competed. So K-State had some things to be worried about. Now, I think Wildcats still are the better team as long as they go out and, and do what they should here in this first game. But I think it would go a long way toward establishing not just confidence within the program, within Skylar Thompson, a quarterback who needs some confidence after last year, but with the fans really to go out and, and win by a couple of touchdowns at least in this game on Saturday, that would really start pushing things in the right direction. Because to be honest, there, there were plenty of detractors when Chris Kleiman was hired, and I think there's still a lot of fans in waiting to mode. So there's actually a decent amount on the line in, in what you might view as a typical kind of ho-hum opener against an FCS opponent. Before we get to Kleiman, what do you, what do you make of this coaching staff that he's put together. Scotty Hazelton is the defensive coordinator. We're talking about a guy that once was at North Dakota State, uh, so he's got a little bit of experience with Chris Kleiman. Then he bounced around between USC. Actually, he was with Jacksonville, the Jaguars, for a while before uh, coaching with Craig Bowl at Wyoming, the former North Dakota State head coach, before Kansas State. What's it been like under Scotty Hazelton? Can we return uh, to the once-dominant Kansas State defense under Hazelton? Well, personnel-wise, they're, they're a ways away from that, but it's crazy to think this defense last year, as bad as K-State looked at times last year, they were tied for second in scoring 
in the Big 12 defense-wise. So, the, you know, points per game allowed in Big 12 games. They were tied with Texas for second in the league. They actually weren't that bad playing with them, but don't break style of defense. It's definitely going to be more aggressive this year with Scotty Hazleton. He's somebody that wants to uh, blitz more often, just throw more looks at opposing offenses. And Skyler Thompson, K-State's quarterback, has even commented on that, how much tougher it's been in practice, just getting ready for multiple looks and different things that they're not used to. They have a very good defensive line. That's one of the strengths of the team. In fact, I would tell you that's the strongest unit that the team has. I think Wyatt Hubert is going to have a big breakout year at defensive end and likely will be an All-Big 12 player. Reggie Walker was preseason All-Big 12, and he's being pushed right now by Kyle Ball from Shawnee Mission East, uh, who was listed with an oar with Reggie Walker on the opening depth chart of the season. So interior-wise, Trey Deshaun, he's a pretty good defensive tackle. He could be an All-Big 12 sort of guy, and they have three or four bodies I think they're comfortable with on the interior of that defensive line. That'll be the strength. Uh, I like Eli Sullivan at linebacker. Don't know about the depth there. And then in the secondary, they have some nice pieces like A.J. Parker and Denzel Goolsby. But a couple of new players will be there, and really three new if you want to include the nickel because it'll be basically a 4-2-5 defense most of the time with Scotty Hazleton. So I like his style. He's really the, the kind of gruff, rugged defensive coordinator that you would think of. He's got one of the best beards that I've ever seen. He's sort of Great the mold of what you would want in a defensive coordinator. It'll take some time to get there, and even he will tell you that with the personnel that they have. But if they can stay healthy, I actually think the starting 11 that they have on defense is solid. I just question the depth behind it. All right, Courtney Messingham, offensive coordinator, comes over from Climbing, North Dakota State, offensive coordinator on a national championship team at North Dakota State. And again, Chris Kleiman was there for seven rings at North Dakota State. How is the Messingham kind of Skylar Thompson dynamic looking? Because obviously Skylar, I don't, I don't feel he has look over his shoulder at all. I don't know. You're there every day. It, it seems like this is his job and will be his job. How do you think he fits in with Messingham's offense? I think it's a great fit. First of all, this coaching staff that's here right now, Chris Lyman and company, they recruited Skylar Thompson when he was coming out of high school when they were still at North Dakota State. Now, obviously, he blew up and became a four-star recruit and wound up going to K-State, but they were already familiar with him, and that was one of the first things that was obvious that Chris Lyman did when he came in here. As he gave the reins of the team to Skylar Thompson, they recognized that this is a guy that has a lot of potential and not only that, is a leader and somebody that the rest of the team really responds to. And that goes back to 2017 when – Skyler, as a freshman, came in and back half of the year and won at Oklahoma State, which was a big upset. He beat Iowa State on the last play of the game, and he beat Texas Tech in overtime. So Skyler's got some cachet, I think, with, with the players on this team. And to me, it's just the confidence factor, the fact that he knows the coaching staff believes in him. They're really players' coaches, and they've let Skyler Thompson take a lot of responsibility in terms of how the team goes. So I think from that standpoint, it's going to be great. They're probably going to try and push the ball down the field a little bit more than they did in the past. But as you know, if you watch North Dakota State, a lot of it is obviously going to be handing the ball off and trying to control the ground game. I, I like what I have heard from Courtney Messingham so far. He's a little bit more laid back in reserve uh, as a guy. His resume is interesting because he was at Iowa State. And I know a lot of K-State fans were frustrated with the higher at first because the offenses at Iowa State under Paul Rose were not great when Courtney Messingham was there. But neither were the offenses of anybody else that was there, including Tom Herman. Courtney Messingham's Iowa State offense has put up better numbers than Tom Herman uh, when he was there working under Paul Rose. So I think there's reason to be skeptical of just what those numbers look like 
at Iowa State, and some of that may go on to the head coach. So I'm cautiously optimistic, I think, about where the offense is at. I'm looking forward to seeing who wins these recruiting battles, Les Miles or Chris Kleiman. I will say that one of the top receivers in the state of Kansas, Daniel Jackson from Bishop Miege, is going to Minnesota. Kai Thomas in Topeka, probably the best running back in the state of Kansas, going to Minnesota. We're looking forward to seeing the battles between Les Miles and Chris Kleiman. I love the hire of Chris Kleiman at Kansas State. I think it's going to be a good one. That's John Kurtz, sports director at K-Man in Manhattan, also puts out a great True Colors podcast on the 435 Podcast Network. We'll talk to John Kurtz throughout the season about Kansas State football. Thanks a ton, John. Anytime, Dink. Looking forward to it the rest of the year. There you go, John Kurtz from Manhattan. Coming up next, we'll talk to Gary Pinkle about a few things. What's he think about the bull band? Not only that, does Gary think that the Tigers should play KU at Arrowhead? Remember, Missouri has signed up for another rivalry game. It's not been announced yet. Should it be at Kansas? We talk to legend Gary Pinkle next. Welcome back to Rush to Field. Jay Binkley hosting with Julio Sanchez producing. College football all over the place. How about Clemson? 28 to nothing over Georgia Tech in the second. Trevor Lawrence, 10 to 15, 135 and a touchdown. Travis Etienne, 10 carries, 145 yards. Not bad, but college football over the place. But we're talking Kansas State, Kansas, and Missouri. I have the opportunity to talk to Gary Pinkle. He'll join the show each and every week. Gary Pinkle joins us now. Pleased to be joined like I have been the last couple of years with the uh, former all-time winningest coach at Toledo and the University of Missouri. His name is Gary Pinkle. Coach, how are we? I'm doing great. Thank you. Coach, uh, we talked a lot last year about the book. It's still available, The 100-Yard Journey, A Life in Coaching and Battling for the Win. You wrote this with Dave Matter, The Forward by Nick Saban, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, you name it. I think the Rally House even has it as well. But uh, I definitely recommend this book. Is uh, eh, Go ahead and get it for Christmas. I always say go ahead and get it early for Christmas. That way you have it taken care of for football fans in your life because it's about more than just football. Yeah, it's uh, something that uh, I was – Somebody came. They came right after I right after retired. I had three or four different publishers call me, and uh, Dave got involved. Matter and uh, it's uh, just kind of tells my story and, and really what what it's probably mostly about is I've been so very fortunate my whole life to have good people around me, and uh, and I and I uh, so I was very blessed that way. Coach, any any uh, thoughts of another one? Uh, I, I I've thought about a couple of different things right now, but I like Foundation GP made Foundation. Mm-hmm. GP made foundation is we just started this year. We had a kickoff in April, had a golf outing, went really well. Uh, GP made is uh, made is an acronym for make a difference every day in the lives of kids. And it's got three different areas we served, which relates to, to me and my family and uh, my past. And so uh, kids that have any physical challenges, uh, wheelchairs, things like that. I had a brother and sister that were in wheelchairs. And so uh, I want to assist those, and there's many ways we can do that. Uh, I, I want to any kids uh, with lymphoma or leukemia. Uh, we want to make we want to assist those you know, those kids there, and the kids that come from really difficult backgrounds, and you know really difficult things in their homes, and 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 get these kids and, and help them. So that's my football. So I do it with my players all the time. So we're doing those three things. It's going well. We want to make it big, and we want to give a lot of money to help kids, and that's uh, what we're working on. Yeah, go to GaryPinkle.com. You can order the book there, and then you also see GP Made Foundation. It's got uh, Coach's signature visor 
as his logo, making a difference every day. Aiding <laughs> youth experience, economic and social challenges through mentoring. Did you get this thing trademarked or anything? The uh, the visor. Yeah, I got that whole thing trademarked. Okay, yes. okay. Uh, it, was, it was interesting because you know people identify with that visor. Oh yeah. Um, because I, the reason I wore it, if we were inside, we were, we were in a dome, I'd wear it. But the reason, the reason I wore it, so my headset fit on my head better with a visor on. <laughs> so that's why it's how I started doing it. And then before you know it, that's that's most people see me on TV, and they always saw me with a visor. So I've got a lot of uh, my wife kind of came up with that, and a lady that works for her um, design wise, and uh, it, it I get a lot of compliments on that. Uh, Logo. Well, it's a good looking logo, Coach. Uh, first and foremost, uh, how you feeling? How are you? Uh, how's it going through? How are you proceeding? Uh, how do you feel? I'm doing fine. Uh, you know, the type of cancer I have going remission, come in and out, and uh, but I'm doing fine. And there's, I always say this: there's a lot of people, a lot worse cancers out there. But you know, this it's amazing what they're doing. You know, research is huge in the world of fighting cancer. So I know something. I make this note now. If you ever, you know, you give you, some people give small amounts or large amounts, whatever, it all helps. Uh, they they give they research, and they just kind of, you know, say, yeah, it's research, it's not, you know, not a big deal. It is a big deal. Uh, research is everything. That's why they're saving more people now than they've ever done. And and as we continue to fight uh, this this uh, ugly disease, Coach, I know that uh, one of the things that you were working on was the South End Zone project. Uh, people can go online and look at this. It's incredible. The facilities at Missouri, the locker rooms, incredible. It's like a, it's better than an NFL locker room, to be honest with you. It's an SEC locker room, put it that way. It's uh, yeah. it keeps right up uh, with with the best, and I think that some college locker rooms are better than pro locker rooms, to be honest with you. But coach, uh, what do you think of the process? Of this is going to be finished here before the first home game, and you know this is something you wanted for a long time. You have to keep up with the Joneses in this world. Yeah, you know, uh, Mike Alden and I, you know, got that thing going, and then uh, Jim Sturt came in here, our new athletic director, the one's been been there a couple of years now. Uh, he got it back on the right track, uh, and Barry was Odom was Coach Odom was a part of that too, and you know, we did it right. That thing, I'm, I'm like a little kid driving by. I get chills. I, I swear, it probably sounds crazy, but you know, I played a lot of games in that in, in that stadium and for 15 years, and there was a lot of memories there. You know, the deck that we put on the East Side expansion, the deck we put on. Um, a couple of years ago, and now this south end zone. Uh, this is just to let, tell Mizzou fans this is this is a just a high level facility. I mean, it's it's as good as there is in the country. And uh, Mizzou did the right did it the right way. And, and we all understand in this league, if you're going to be in this league, you got to go for it. You don't come in and say just build a decent one. You got to build and try to have one of the best. And and hats off to all the people in Mizzou that. You know, just decided to go first class and give us an opportunity to recruit with that facility, and that'll really help uh, Barry also. It does matter too, doesn't it, Coach? I mean, coach, kids come in, and if all things being equal, I know they look at the coach a lot and who they want to play for, but the facilities, the uniforms, as silly as that sounds, that does matter. Well, there's no question about it. And you know what? Uh, when we build our other facility uh, that, that we have that, that, that we just moved out of into this, this new one. We built it about 18 years ago, 17 years ago. And when we started running that thing, when they were taking me through this, the design phase, they said that, Coach, it really doesn't matter what you think. I mean, you got to okay everything. We understand that. But our whole thing is design here is a 17-year-old kid's walking through the door here. And what happens to him? How does he think? How does he feel about what's happening? And uh, that's what it's about, and it's a it's 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 it reeks with 
first class. It, it, it's a it's a story about we are how committed we are. We step in step in these facilities and you take a look at this. We're as good as anybody in the nation. And uh, I just I'm just real excited that uh, the university just did a great thing, and it's going to be a, a really an awesome uh, tool in many ways. And also the stadium now itself, it, it, it looks so. I mean, it looks so awesome. Uh, other than that, I don't have much to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the South End Zone Project, Mizzou football in great hands. Gary Pinkle, legendary coach of Missouri, joining us now. On the football now, Coach, uh, Missouri's agreed with the Chiefs uh, to play a game next year at Arrowhead Stadium. The, the Tigers 6-2 and two at Arrowhead Stadium be Arkansas's first time. And through the press release from Missouri, it looks like they might have agreed on another rivalry game between 21 and 24, but the opponent not known at this point. I'm hoping a certain uh, school named Kansas might be there. Yeah, you know it's it's uh, it's such a great venue. You know, it's just uh, you know we've had a lot of good luck in that in that stadium and some really big big games. And uh, so we it's it's uh, first of all hats off to the, uh, the Chiefs and it's great for our fans, our, our, our Kansas City fans, and uh, so we're, we're excited about it. Uh, you know, I think. I, I, you know, we gotta get, we got to start playing Kansas again. Yes, and it's ridiculous, ridiculous not to because both sides can make so much money. We play in the beginning of the year. You know, records aren't an issue, or we have to deal with that kind of thing. It's just mostly two teams that have a great rivalry, and they're going to play the first or second game every year. And we could go two, you know, two at at, at Arrowhead, and, you, and then we could do one, one home, one away, or what have you. So it would be uh, to, to the, the other two. So. I think it's uh, you know it's time we move on, and not be mad or disappointed that one team's not in a particular league or another league, and say bring it back for our fans and let's get this thing going. <laughs> I agree with you, Coach Missouri. Seven returners on offense, six back on defense. You're talking about the third highest scoring team in the SEC last year. A lot of people think it big time things for the Missouri Tigers, but Kelly Bryant, you know, comes in as a transfer quarterback. You're all about quarterbacks going back to Washington and what you've been able to do with quarterbacks there and at the University of Missouri. Just your quick thoughts on Kelly Bryant. Well, first of all, I really like him. I mean, I've never met him. I've, I've had opportunities to almost, but it just it didn't work out. I had to leave practice or something. But he, I just, just his comments to the, to the, to the media and when he first got in here about leadership and I have to earn, I have to earn their respect, you know, about his teammates and, and I just hear he's just a it's just a really special person. Number one, very talented athlete, a different type thrower than Drew. You know, quarterbacks are all different. Brad Smith was different than Chase Daniel or Blaine Gabbard or or uh, who, uh, who James Franklin, whoever we had. And uh, I think that that's something that uh, you know well, we have to watch how this goes. Offense is going to be different in a lot of ways. I think uh, he can do a lot of damage with his feet. Um, but he's a, you know, he's, he's a winner. He's been very successful. He's been in the big arena. And, uh, and so, uh, I just hope he has a great, great year. Jonathan Nance comes in as a wide receiver from Arkansas coach. He played uh, four games at Arkansas last year, but under the new rules, four games or less, and you can redshirt. How much would you have liked this rule when you were coaching? <laughs> well, I don't know. I would I've kind of sore at that one. I'm not really sure how, how that goes. I think it's, Get some kids some opportunities, you know, and uh, I'd have to play it out. I'd probably have to talk to some coaches after they kind of deal with that. Uh, I think you have to, you know, you have to have certainly a plan for those kind of things, but, uh, you know, very interesting. 
Coach Jim Sterk, a final question for you. Jim Sterk was on uh, the afternoon show here last week about the bowl ban for Missouri. Uh, certainly hope that's lifted. Looking at the Mississippi State case, uh, hopefully they'll change course on that direction and lift that bowl ban for the Tigers this year. Yeah, you know, as I go on a lot of this here, you know, there was no, there was n- nothing in lack of institutional control. That's a term that they use when they say a university kind of knew what was going on, thought it was going on. Uh, and so they, they slapped that on in, in the NCAA does the lack of institutional control. Well, we didn't have any of those. There was none. You know, there was no, they, there was nobody working in that place that knew this lady, this rogue lady was doing this out there all by herself. So, uh, and so an attorney friend of mine, it's, it's, it's kind of like saying, okay, we, we, we found you innocent, but we're just going to put you in jail for two years. So it's just, it just, it's just really disappointing. Uh, and, and I hope, uh, some constant, you know, some common sense prevails here through this whole thing. Yep, don't hurt the kids. Let them play in a bowl game. Gary Pinkle joins us on the uh, rush to field at night, talking college football. Coach, it's always a real pleasure talking football with you. I enjoyed it. Thank you for t- coming on tonight. Thanks, Jay. I'll uh, we'll talk next week. Thank you. Hey, go go Tigers. There you go, Gary Pinkle. Thanks for uh, joining the show. How about that? Wants to play Kansas, man. You're scared to get a dog. Play Missouri. Wasn't happy about the bull ban either. Well, we've talked about Kansas State. We've talked about Missouri. We'll talk to our very own Josh Klingler, sideline reporter for the Kansas Jayhawks, next. Welcome back to Rush the Field. Jay Binkley, Julio Sanchez. This show will run all football season. Talking college football and college football only with you. But coming up after the Chiefs game, we'll have Chiefs pro scheme for the first time this year. Arrowhead Pride post game myself. And Pete Sweeney breaking down the Chiefs. We won't talk a ton about this game tonight. We'll look forward to the Chiefs season in 2019. Had an opportunity to catch up with Josh Klingler, our Kansas football insider. Hear him every day on Fesco in the morning, 6 to 10. A podcast as well about Sporting Kansas City called the Nutmeg Podcast on the 435 Podcast Network. Here's Josh Klingler and the Kansas Jayhawks. Pleasure to be joined on Rush the Field tonight. Let's take a look at the Kansas Jayhawks with the one, the only, Josh Klingler. You can hear him in the morning, 6 to 10 on Fesco in the morning, and also check out the Nutmeg podcast uh, all about uh, Sporting Kansas City on the 435 Podcast Network. Kling, how are we doing tonight, my friend? That's the other football. It's the other football. We're going to talk football tonight, but that's uh, that's football in the podcast. Well, you are a Kansas insider and sideline reporter for the Jayhawks in an interesting year for the Jayhawks, you know, once again, picked dead last in the Big 12 media poll. Although Kansas State was picked ninth and Kansas picked 10th, uh, the over-under on wins in Vegas for the Kansas Jayhawks set at three. Real quick question for you, Kling. Over or under three wins for the Jayhawks for, you know, fun purposes? Yeah, I feel like that that's a, that's a perfect number, right? I think they get the first two. Um, then they go to Boston College. And, you know, toss-up game on the road. We know Kansas is not one away from home and forever. Um, and then can you then get a league win or two? So I think it's a really tough number. I think I think three feels about right. So I guess, in my opinion, I guess Vegas would have this one right. I, I mean, I'm not – I don't think in year one we can expect, you know, great shakes um, necessarily on the field. I think that Kansas has done a lot off the field with the the hiring of Les Miles and everything that the coaching staff's done there. But – in terms of on the field, you know, I'm willing to be surprised, but without kind of seeing any uh, anything uh, concrete as of yet, I think I, I would err on the side of, of caution and you know be be ready to be hopefully surprised. 
What are you expecting from Les Miles? You know, I keep seeing that Kansas is going to ground the ball out a little bit. This might be just a just a departure from the way we viewed Kansas football in the past. I know Puka can't play in the first game, but he'll be back. But the running of the ball in the Kansas Jayhawks, who really said they're not even naming their starting quarterback, Carter Stanley or Thomas McVitie, that transferred in there this year. Um, so not sure what they're going to do at quarterback. You haven't heard anything, right? This is a game-time decision. Yeah, they're going to keep this under the hat, uh, uh, pun intended, <laughs> of, uh, of Les Miles until uh, till right at uh, right at game time. But, you know, if you if you pin me down, I would guess it's going to be Thomas McVitie because he is the guy that was brought in um, by Les Miles and his staff, Carter Stanley, the holdover from a season ago. But from everything we've heard, they've battled, you know, real tight throughout camp, and, and they're going to keep that one under their lid until – until uh, we kick things off on Saturday. So um, I, I don't know if it's so much a change to the ground and pound, but using what is best for this roster, I think if there's, I mean, there's plenty of things you can point to from the previous regime and say, um, you know, you might not have, that might not have been a smart move, but I, I thought for the last really year or two, why do an air raid when you have a roster that is heavy and running back, is really solid at offensive line, and you can do something different than anybody else is doing in the league. So I think K-State is how successful doing that with having a little more balance and, and in fact, maybe overbalanced with running the football more than passing. And I think Kansas should have probably been in that mode. And I think they felt the pressure to kind of throw the, try to throw the football around the field. Didn't have a lot of success without that, you know, that quarterback that, that could do it. But they have the, the horses in the run game, not just Puka Williams, but uh, Khalil Herbert's a very talented running back. Don Williams is a very talented running back. And the offensive line, I think, is really good, uh, even too deep. And they have a lot of experience coming back along the offensive line. So I think it'd be smart to run the football um, uh, with this roster. And I think, but I, but you, you could have asked me that last year, and I'd have said the same thing. So um, you know, we'll see if it's if the less miles philosophy or you know playing to the to the skill set of your roster. Talking to Josh Klingler, our Jayhawks insider. Overall, Kansas was three and nine last year, one and eight in the Big Twelve. Back to Thomas McVitie. Once again, this guy was a highly touted quarterback, ranked number eight in the nation by 247 Sports as a pro-style quarterback. Played at Moeller High School in Cincinnati, a very esteemed program in high school. Then he goes to Pitt, then Community College, and then to Kansas. Now, you talk about this being a Les Miles guy. That's exactly what he was. He goes the JUCO route for the quarterback with two seasons of eligibility. It almost seems like this thing is tailor-made for him. This seems like a guy they really targeted, and I would expect to see a lot of him this year. Yeah, I think so. I think that's probably the direction they would go. And, you know, it's not bad also to make him earn it, right? That if he comes in thinking, I'm the guy, I was kind of handpicked by the coach. Les Miles had recruited him uh, previously at LSU as well. So um, he's known him for a long time. But, you know, it's not bad to make him earn it, right? And I also like that Les Miles came in and it wasn't about my guys and the previous guys. Um, I think from day one, talking to players, they said, man, we we were made to feel like we were all – Kansas players, and we were all Les Miles players, and it wasn't about who was here before and who's been brought in since. And so everybody got a, a clean slate. I know talking to Carter Stanley uh, in the preseason, he said that that was probably good for him, and uh, you know he got to to impress a whole new you know set of coaches. And we'll see, maybe he comes out and, and wins the job. But uh, McVitie, obviously uh, a guy that that um, has been on Les Miles' radar for quite some time, so. Wouldn't be a complete shock if he's the guy under center on Saturday. Talking to Josh Klingler, and one thing, Josh, looking at this defense for Kansas. You know, last year, respectable sixth out of ten teams last year. They bring back Bryce Tornaden, a guy that I saw play a lot of high school 
in uh, in Lawrence, where he played high school football, a senior, brings that leadership. For some reason, Kansas just always has those safeties, always have those safeties that are productive. And Bryce Tornaden, you know, no stranger. He's a physical football player, and I think he'll kind of be the leader on this defense. Yeah, I named one of the captains this week as well. Um, Tornaden and Mike Lee, it's a pretty good safety combination between the, those two uh, seniors leading things on the, on the back end of the defense. You mentioned respectable season ago. I think that also factors into my head scratching about previous years as to why they didn't run the football. They've had a defense for really two, three years that was had every ability to be competitive in the Big 12. problem is they would run out of gas because they just couldn't move the ball offensively. So uh, I think that they've had a solid defense for the last couple of years. There are going to be some changes certainly up front. Um, are some question marks along the defensive line. Uh, they graduated a couple senior linebackers that they're going to have to replace with some, uh, some new blood. Um, some freshmen may work their way into the mix as well. I know that uh, a couple of guys that Les Miles has talked about uh, quite a bit uh, this uh, preseason are a couple of the freshmen, Gavin Potter out of Oklahoma and Stephen Parker, a couple of freshmen at linebacker positions who could see some time early on. And then, yeah, there's, there's a lot of experience back in the secondary, starting with Tornado and Lee, and at the cornerback position, they've had a lot of guys that have rotated through and played as well. Um, so they have an opportunity on, on defense to, with some of the, uh, the veterans at certain positions to uh, continue to be very respectable on the defensive side. I mean, I look at the schedule, and I think, you know, I know they're playing Indiana State, a team that went 7-5 and five last year, a 1AA team, FCS team, but they lost to Nichols last year. Uh, they lose in the first game in overtime. Indiana State's a team they should beat, but just the importance, you know, uh, of that game for Kansas, getting kind of on the right foot under less miles. Then before you play Coastal Carolina, you know, another game that Kansas could win. Kansas could very easily start off 2-0 to to begin with. Their first uh, Big 12 competition is West Virginia, and I'm not sold on the Mountaineers this season. Yeah, I think, you know, the guys didn't really want to talk about Nichols, but I think it was in their, it was in their minds, like, we lost to a team that one guys return. We lost to a team that was an FCS team a season ago. A playoff team, though. Indiana. A playoff yeah. team, though. Kling made the second round, so they are legit. Yeah, I yeah. know, but you should beat those teams right <laughs> at the beginning of a season. So I think that they are aware that they can be nipped, and I think that probably helps going into this one. But you're right. I mean, this is a massive game for the entire program. I mean, this entire off season has been about uh, less miles, less miles, less miles. And, uh, and they built up a lot of hype, and they built up a lot of goodwill. And I think there's been some fan excitement that there haven't been the last couple of years. Everywhere Les Miles has gone, he's been kind of a rock star, um, really well received by the fans. So they've really been hyping up this team. Again, I would urge caution as to the football side of things but for, for year number one, but they have pumped this program and the change in this program so hard that, yeah, you have to get a win in this opening game, or you lose a lot of goodwill. And I think if, if you don't win this game, there's a lot of Jayhawk fans <sighs> dropping their shoulders and saying, here we go again. So this is, a, this is a massive game, I think, coming up on Saturday. Not that you want to keep all this pressure on the players, but I think program-wise, this is, a, this is a big one, despite the fact it's not a big name. But an Indiana State team ranked in the FCS, you mentioned 7-5, uh, and five, won five straight to end last season. So they have, a, they have a quarterback that played really well last year that's a redshirt senior. So... Um, they can do some things that could give uh, Kansas some trouble in the opener, but this is a this is a gotta 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 get game for the Jayhawks. Let, final question for you, Kling. Talking to Josh Klingler of Fesco in the morning, uh, or Kansas Insider, and Kling, the less miles higher. Um, is it is it time you know for him to get this thing rolling? I, I know that he you know LSU, I loved watching him at LSU, the Mad Hatter. I mean, who doesn't like less miles? Has he brought that enthusiasm to Kansas? People excited, you know, about going to the games and buying into less miles. 
Yeah, I mean, for sure. But it's, it's going to have to be proven on the field, right? But no, I mean, he, he's he got – it's it's hard to explain. I've been you know around him a number of times now, and he's just got an aura about him. He's got an aura of credibility about him. And um, that, that's with everybody he comes in contact with. Um, you know, alumni, fans, uh, the players certainly. I mean, he got the respect in, in, in day number one, and they know Les Miles as the, the BCS champion. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to say, hey – just do what you did at Oklahoma State and, and LSU in year number one. Uh, but he hasn't had anything less than, what, a four-loss season in his entire career, and that was his, that was his first campaign at Oklahoma State. So, I mean, that's a guy was at that LSU pretty much doing double-digit wins and going to bowl games every year. So um, if, he were, if he were to do that in year one at Kansas, it'll be his uh, best coaching job yet. But I think a, a, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, hype around it, a lot of excitement around it, and it's very important to get off to a big start. You mentioned the league slate. I want to touch on that real quick, Jay. Mm-hmm. You mentioned it starts with West Virginia. They have three teams on their schedule in the Big 12 that are in the same boat they are, that are playing with first-year coaches. Three of those schools, all three of them, West Virginia, Texas Tech, and Kansas State, come at home in Lawrence. So if you're looking for what is that conference game they might get, might be another team that's going through kind of changes and a coaching change and a new regime uh, with any of those programs, and they get all three of them at home. Good stuff. Les Miles also beat Bob Stoops in Norman, one of the few coaches to do it when he's at Oklahoma State. Yeah, he's got a lot of great wins under his belt. This is uh, definitely his toughest task, and we'll see uh, how it goes beginning on Saturday. Good stuff. Josh Klinger will uh, catch the Jayhawks on Saturday. Thanks a lot for joining me tonight, Kling. You bet, Bank. There you go. Kansas could actually start off 3-0. and How about that? Beat Indiana State, beat the Chanticleers of Coastal Carolina, then West Virginia at home. West Virginia actually picked eighth in the Big 12. Kansas State ninth, Kansas 10th. Could Kansas start off on a roll this year, hit that over-under first three games of the season? Could happen. This has been Rush the Field with Jay Binkley, Julio Sanchez producing. Don't forget, we got Chiefs postgame, Arrowhead Pride Chiefs postgame, immediately following the Chiefs game for two hours. See you guys then.